Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Welcome to our Hard Knocks post-episode discussion situation here on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. We are live in our present moment, so if anybody is not live with us, you can always listen to this as a podcast. You can always re-watch it. Next to me, if you are watching going clockwise, we have Roy White, the incomparable, the one and only Jared Goff. Roy, happy Tuesday night to you. Next to him, we do have Tony Catalina, TC in the house, the legendary himself as well. Underneath him, continuing the clockwise motion, the birthday girl, Meg Murray, turning 16, I believe. Uh, MTV has been chronicling her. Her Sweet 16 um, you know, will be uh, televised after next week's episode of Hard Knocks. And Tom Ryle has joined us. He of legendary fame as well. Tom, let's start with you. You wrote the recap at bloggingtheboys.com. What was your favorite part of Tuesday night's episode of Hard Knocks? Well, I... I like the fact that they spent so much time looking at Isaac Alicon, uh, and forgive me for butchering his name, RJ. Uh, I like that they got into depth about a guy who they're apparently building up to uh, tell the end of his story, good or bad. Uh, it was great to see his family. I love seeing the pride on their face about getting to see the Mexican flag on the back of his helmet. And, you know, I thought, he looked pretty good in the clips they showed of him because I noticed a lot of guys would engage with him and wind up flat on the ground. So, yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be some kind of a good outcome for him that his days with the Cowboys aren't done. But it was kind of nice to dig into one of the not superstars out there. Uh, he and, and, of course, Jaquan Hardy got a lot of coverage too. So I think they're hedging their bets a little bit on who they're covering. Uh, well, speaking of bets, we do have a, uh, a super chat here uh, from the one and only Bobby Belt, Robert the Beltmaker himself. Uh, Meg wants you to have a very happy birthday. Uh, he's throwing $50 into the pot uh, for you to do what you want with, uh, I suppose. Uh, it is, it's your birthday. You can uh, cry if you want to. Uh, did you feel like this was a, a good birthday present for you, Meg, this episode of Hard Knocks? Honestly, anytime I get like Cowboys content on my birthday, it's a good thing for me. Um, this episode was a little bit, you know, it was a little quieter. It wasn't so dramatic, but it's it's kind of like plot building if you think about it. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, this episode had a lot. This was my personal favorite episode of the season so far. Uh, Roy, you nodded your head first. I'll go to you. Do you agree? Yeah. 100%. Like the most sound bites, the most uh, meaty stuff that was entertainment, right? The one liners, I think, you know, probably came the most from this. And then what you started the show on, right? That drone clip. Uh, I would have said that was my favorite if I didn't meet Trayvon Diggs' son. And because of that, he is absolutely the number one star of this episode for me. 
Yeah, Tony, Aiden Diggs um, is a big fan of Patrick Mahomes, um, uh, which was a little awkward um, as Trayvon sensed and tried to, to kind of let him know. He said, you know, you know that, that's the classic line that we've all heard or said, you know, stop being silly, which is, hey, quit messing up. You know what I mean? Like, there's people here. You're embarrassing us. Um, your thoughts on, on Aiden Diggs and uh, and his warm-up routine in comparison to his uncle and his father's? Like you said, he, he only got a bit confused there for a second. So um, he definitely stole the show. I mean, you, you look at it and it's just he was, like you said, he was the star of the show. He was an awesome part of it. I didn't really expect, you know, Trayvon Diggs' son to steal it, but here we are. Yeah, um, that was one element to this. Tom, you mentioned Isaac Alarcon, Jaquan Hardy. Um, I'll, let's see, Meg, let's go to you because I feel like this is a Meg thing. I could have done without the contact stuff. Um, that was oh a little, my God. <laughs> little invasive for me to see Jaquan Hardy. I'm fine if you want to like educate us on the fact that he has to wear specs and everything, but that was too much. Me? Listen. I have 2020 vision, not to brag, but I don't, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I don't actually have to deal with um, the contacts of it all. And that, it freaks me out. Like the, I, whenever I have to do eye drops or anything like that, I, I freak out. Watching him have to put his contact in was insane. And um, I'm a big fan of rec specs though. So like if we got to that journey, like let's, Make let's normalize rec specs. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Um, okay, let's back up. There's a lot to sort of pick yes. at here. Um, Tom, I want to run something by you. DJ Dog Thirty One had a great observation during the drone flyover um, that there was a Ford pickup truck. Uh, this was very clearly uh, planned and premeditated by the Cowboys. Um, you know, as is, you know, and NFL films, obviously this was sick. I mean, I, I can't think of anything I've seen, um, uh, that is like this. I feel like I'm not like a, like in real estate, but I feel like this is what they do when they like are going to put a house on the market or something like they, um, they do one of these so you can see every room in like one continuous shot. Um, uh, but Tom, this was, I mean, we, we opened the, the episode here with it and this was I mean, this was astounding uh, drone work. I know you can drive a drone yourself, Tom, but uh, <laughs> to, to see every nook and cranny of the star like that uh, with the setups that they have, Danny Sarek, shout out uh, from DallasCowboys.com, was involved. Um, seeing the, the cleaning in the locker, I mean, ev- this was so meticulously planned. Yeah, and it kind of gave you a little sense of the scope of that palace that Jerry has built. Uh yeah, it was it was remarkable. I, I've seen other things that were like that, but they dealt with a much smaller geographical area. There's a, a video out of a bowling alley they fly through, but they're just you know in and out of the same building. This was just, I mean, I didn't know that drones had that much range. I don't think, but yeah, it was everything from the careful product placement to you know, just how they got to take you into some of the really key areas, you know, like the weight room and and then show you that you have the indoor practice facility, the outdoor practice facility, the locker room. And just, you know, it, that was it was it was a beautiful way to open it. It really grabbed you right there and got you set up for what was to come. Tony, uh, is this an exaggeration? Um is it to say that there, I think there are still a lot of NFL fans that haven't really seen the star? 
And so to see the whole campus, you know, I don't, I, I mean, it's not something that your average NFL fan sees. Like everybody's fully aware of AT&T Stadium, obviously. Um, but but to, like, I thought it was really great how they included the audio of the different Cowboys legends making plays in the, the lead up. To, I mean, this, again, every detail was so thoroughly thought out. Um, I mean, do, do, is that fair to say or, or, or am I wrong? Like maybe everybody does know that the star is this big baller sort of thing. Like we got the big baller elements. We got Jerry's helicopter in this episode, too. I mean, me as a Cowboys fan alone, I didn't even really understand the magnitude of of the you know the uh-huh. facility itself. Shut up, magnitude from community. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, to kind of just see it in the way they did it was just awesome. I mean, I don't know how many takes it took. I think I saw something on Twitter. It said fifteen takes, but it was unbelievable, really. I mean, job well done. Just to kind of see the whole spectrum from you know the the shops to the practice field to everything in between it was just an impressive uh, impressive drone showing there roy uh after the drone and everything was set up uh we moved on uh towards like football and football operations and this is skipping over some things but i mean i cannot um i can't think of a hard knock sequence that i lo- i loved trayvon in the time with his son uh aiden was obviously very awesome but the moment that we saw with Jonathan Jackson and Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott and playing cards, and this was a clip that, that NFL Films had kind of teased earlier in the day, to hear about Jonathan being a legacy Cowboys employee. Um, I saw Jeff Cavanaugh made the great point on Twitter that, of course, Dak Prescott would be the one to know that and to know his story and to be the one who, who's kind of his, his you know, cl- closer you know, comrade in the group. Um, your thoughts on that? I mean, that, that, this is what Hard Knocks is for, to, to shine a light on these things things that nobody sees on a weekly basis. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things with the Cowboys specifically, like Jerry has always kept it in his family and therefore it makes total sense that he would allow other positions to be filled continuously by family members and children and great, you know, grandchildren in those same positions. And that was a really cool, like incredible story aspect of it because like it speaks to how well Jerry does take care of the people that he employs and and works with, right? Like he gets a lot of flack for the outlandishness, right? The helicopters, the the fact that he's got to take a a vanity tour one more time around the stadium just to get another look, you know? Just to see what I've built because that's pretty incredible. But at the same time, right? He does those things for the people that he employs and keeps them around in a way that you know, you don't think of billionaire businessmen kind of doing it that way. Um, Meg, question. Um, we're going to delegate this to you because you are the birthday girl from Vance Williams. When was the last time you wrote and mailed a letter? A letter, not like a bill or, you know, anything official. Um, Only a couple months ago. So I do have a, a girlfriend that I've known since I was like two. Um, and she does not live in Texas. And our thing was always writing letters. So... That's okay. it's, it's unfair, but that's a good answer. We were kind of, I think the question was set up to be like, I don't know, Everyone like 20 years never. ago. So you kind of ruined it. <laughs> um, but have you ever sent out fan mail before to somebody in a written capacity? No. <laughs> have you ever gotten fan mail? Uh, well, I did get flowers from a person I don't know, but <laughs> that's another story. Um, Tom. So that- yeah, uh, I thought that, J- that we we got to see the the second opening ceremony of training camp. Only the Cowboys would have multiple opening ceremonies throughout an entire training camp. Um, but Jerry was 
weirdly emotional. Again, like we we all kind of talked about this at the State of the Union address in Oxnard. Jerry was kind of there were some tears there. I mean, or some some wannabe tears. I mean, it was, you know, it, we, 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 there was such like ecstasy, you know, watching this episode coming off of the drone shot. And then, you know, you're, you're getting all hyped and then you're just like rocked with Jerry Jones, you know, really kind of setting up football season in an emotional way. Is there any doubt that Jerry Jones absolutely loves his life and what he's doing? <laughs> you know, I mean, this man, he's so in his element. He feeds off of the fans. We, we've always known he feeds off of the attention. His love for the camera and the microphone is well established. But this isn't just an act or something. He really connects with all those people out there. And no, I don't buy it, Crocodile Tears. I think that is real. <laughs> I think he's really on, on his, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And before I get off of things, I want to just mention for those outside of Texas that don't know, Spades is the quintessential Texas card game. Mm. Uh, I grew up playing Spades, and uh, that is just something that's played around card tables throughout the state and with a lot of fire and competition and, and really good trash talking up to saw there. Um, Tom, I will, you are a fine Texas Aggie like I am. It's not a, a card game, but 42 is uh my favorite sitting around a table game to play well, um with with some dominoes but that is a a different been there, thing been there done that too exactly shout out to the chicken in college station <laughs> uh tony um jerry also had a lot there were a lot of one-liners here again this is a really awesome episode um i'm gonna butcher this and we're going to dance around the expletive because this is a family show um but it was something to the effect of why not start a day um without messing up or something like that when they were in the helicopter right it was some some derivative of that like let's just start a day by messing up um you know but again not it was it was that was not the the vernacular that jerry chose to use do you live your life by that creep tony i don't (laughs) i don't (laughs) i don't think i have the the assurances that jerry jones have and i don't think i have the wallet that he has so i gotta be a little more careful than i think jerry jones does um, well, you know, hey, it is what it is. Roy, was there any doubt? I feel like this is the first time we've seen like a, a, a sort of bird's eye view, no pun intended, of the Jerry Copter. Like we, that's what you would have thought we would have seen it through all or nothing. And we've seen it land a thousand times at the Star and at AT&T Stadium. But to be on it for the flight and to see uh, a mess up, right? Like I feel like the only thing we didn't look at was like, is it called the manifest? Right? Like that's what it's called? Like the thing in the air? Like the book yeah. or something? Uh, yeah, like I feel box. like that, that. Yeah, that was like the only thing we didn't see. Like we got a lot of deep. We were was, we were intimately tied to the aerial ride. Yeah, I mean, I felt like I was riding in it, and that's probably because the cameraman, at least, was riding in it, and the shots he was getting were as intimate as you're going to get. Although Jerry's helicopter looked fairly spacious compared to a lot of the helicopters that I've been in. Um, yeah, uh, which is none. But <laughs> when it comes when it comes to like the Again, the entertainment value of what Hard Knocks can bring, this was kind of the best of it, right? And I think perhaps focusing on some of that Jerry opulence plays into that, right? Because if they ever do an episode where they also give us a tour of his, you know, of his Jerry bus, right? The mm-hmm. one he takes down to training camp, that would probably get a lot of people as, as excited as well, right? Who doesn't love a little throwback to MTV Cribs billionaire style? 
Uh, that's true. Uh, Meg, we, um, you are the reality TV expert here, and you know it's always a treat when an expert or when a when a character is shown in a different light. You know when the villain is all of a sudden humanized, or the hero does something villainous. I don't know if villainous is a word, but um, we talked about Trayvon Diggs' son, Aiden. Trayvon spoke, uh, which was weird. I mean, how often, how many times have we ever seen Trayvon do anything outside of his standard, normal media obligation? And what's more is it was immediately followed by a session of Amari Cooper, of all people, mic'd up. Um, so two, perhaps the two quietest players on the team, uh, Trayvon a little bit more vulnerable than Amari. Um, what were your thoughts on, on seeing these particular players? I, I mean, I was obviously we were so super excited to see Coop. But uh, just speaking to Diggs, especially, um, like really looking behind that curtain and seeing like him FaceTiming with his brother, we got to see Aiden, who was a superstar, and Stephanie, his mom, equally so. Like they, they come from a family of hams, and like I just need more of them. Um, Tom, Aiden Diggs or Isaac Alarcon's mom, who was the true superstar of tonight's episode? Oh, God, don't make me pick. I mean, the, the kid had the cuteness, but the, the just the heart and soul of the mom, oh, that was, that was great to see. I would, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll give her a vote myself just because I, I thought she was great. She was, I mean, I don't know anybody that roots that intensely in the preseason. You know, you know, like you know what I mean. She was tied to this. Um, do we all believe that Isaac had three pancakes? By the way, on that one series, I mean, like, are are we buying that? Or you know, I feel like they kind of showed him, right? I counted yeah. three. Well, they, um, I mean, like those could have been up. that. Those could have been like spliced together, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, is like the 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 sequence True. made it seem like it was like back to back to back, and so that's oh, all. No. I was yeah, that um, was that was a little editing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Roy, what have we not mentioned yet that you want to talk about? Um, man, I always make a list. Uh, the the small stuff that we got from Dak Prescott, right? We got kind of two monologues from Dak Prescott Ooh. that had nothing to do with football, right? We got the the awesome quote about how Under Armour was Spanx before Spanx. And he used to wear them on his way to school so that he could tuck what he felt like was chubbiness, who hasn't been there, right? And I co-signed that statement about Under Armour having been Spanx before there were Spanx. Man, Under Armour, they were ahead of their time. The other portion that he gave us, though, that portion big, about big plug, by the way, for for a different brand from the Mr. Jordan athlete. You know, that's all I'm saying. You know, let's let's be, that's true. be careful. That's true. He needs to be careful, right? That's yeah, not exactly. my bag. That's his bag. He's got no, he's go. got to handle. Go on, because the, the next one was way more existential. Go ahead. The other part about the haunted houses, and we are close to that time, right? We're only about two months away, really a month away from haunted houses getting up and running, especially here in Texas. And there are some extremely intense ones. Every point he made about it, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Why explain do the I point. Ex- Explain the points, Roy, for people who missed the episode. Not everybody has HBO Max. Not sure. everybody is attached to Friends or Big Bang Theory. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, so the points he essentially made was like, I used to tell my mother that, you know, if there was anywhere they were going to kill you, it would be in a haunted house, right? The people that are using those chainsaws, you don't know if they've switched them out with a real chainsaw. And you have no idea what their motivations are when you go into a place like that. And he just explained it so calmly and, 
And I thought, and he's like, that's why I would never go in. My mom never made me want. And I think, yeah, you're right. Why, why do I go to these things? I'm, I think I'm skipping them this year. Um, Dak is a really processed sort of thinker. Like to me, it's, I've, I've never seen the movie Jaws, but I've never understood the fear associated with it because it's like, why would you just not go in the water? You know what I mean? Like if, if the like terrible thing is in the water, this, this is a really simple problem to avoid. Um, <laughs> so, but I mean, that, that, that's kind of like Dak's approach to your point is like, I, I agree. Um, there is some dread there uh, associated with that. Tony, were you stunned by how much candy was involved? There was a lot of candy in this episode. You know, I actually kind of was stunned. I mean, I'm not stunned to see that Ezekiel Elliott was partaking in it because he looks like he's always snacking on something. And to see the, you know, him rolling up the candy and being so meticulous with it and then just popping it in his mouth. I'm like, Ezekiel Elliott is just a big kid. I mean, it, it was just funny to see there's always candy around because they're just kids in a candy shop, honestly. Uh, we did also get a um, an unflattering clip of Micah Parsons eating an orange. Who hasn't been there? Um, but Meg, we did get. I think there were so. I don't many like the way they cut those oranges. By the way, I, I don't like that. You don't half it. Okay, you, it's got to be something you can get your mouth yeah, you, around. Exactly. It's got to be like it's got to fit like a mouthpiece. Exactly. Now, that was a half of an orange, right? What are you supposed <laughs> to own that? Like, um, how do you get it out? We need you to experiment with this, uh, Troy. And, I was trying to get you and, a little and, and, bit, okay? I gave you a little bit. If you were watching, uh, that's what the stream's for. I gave you a little bit. It's so difficult with you, Roy, and Tony, your names being right next to each other because my brain um, wants to say Troy every time because, like, Tony I'm and Roy. Um, no. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> with me and uh, Tom, and that'll get really. No, I have no um, idea if you can. Uh, anyway, um, Rom, maybe, perhaps. Um, anyway, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Meg, um, I think a, a scene that is not – because we had a comment a little while ago here. Um, let me see who was it that said this. Uh, DJ Dog said that the morning sports talk shows will have a field day tomorrow with the drone and helicopter scenes. Totally agreed. But I think that maybe the most impressive scene that will fly under the radar, much like the drone, um, if it does have to obey some sort of like – laws or something i don't know uh was michael parsons and cd lamb like jawing at each other that this was really this is the, maybe the most intense i don't want to say fight but confrontation that we've seen throughout all three episodes so far i mean this is what we came for this is this is what i signed up for when they said hard knocks i was like give me like give me like some sauciness I, that's all i wanted to see and they gave it to me so like what what else can i ask for I just feel like, Tom, a lot of people have said over the last few weeks that the Cowboys have kind of, I don't want to say lucked into, but but inherited a player in Micah Parsons who's a lot like C.D. Lamb last year, this kind of superstar in the waiting, very clear and obvious that he's going to be a, a high contributor for the defense the way C.D. was last year. Um, and I, I think everybody loves to see Micah not backing down, and loves and loves but equally loves to see CD kind of willing to put him in his place uh, because we haven't, I saw Dave Hellman uh, pointed this out on Twitter because of the restrictions that were in place last year, we did not get this kind of content with CD. So, so we are still kind of learning what his personality is like. And Tom, I, I have to imagine that you are a fan of him being willing to, uh, to tame the lion that Michael Parsons has anointed himself as. Yeah, and it was kind of like last year's rookie lion against this year's rookie lion, and and it was it was an interesting little battle royal going on there. 
uh, I love to see the kind of fire from the young players and and the interesting dynamic you get on a football team where you know you got half the guys are offense and half the guys are defense and they're just natural enemies. So it's kind of interesting to see how some of that kind of leaks out sometimes. Roy, um, is there any way that this can be spun as Micah being over anxious? Like if we're just examining all angles, I don't I don't see it that way as all. I I love this um, because we've seen. We've seen a lot of talk from Cowboys defensive players over the last couple of years and no real substance to back it up. And I think that that's where Micah has clearly separated himself from his cohorts. Well, you know what's funny, though? It almost feels like every episode, Micah Parsons is getting a Bill Parcells type of humbling where it's mm. like, all right, don't anoint him just yet, right? He can't beat Ben DiNucci in chess, all right? Don't anoint him just yet. He just got burned on a go route by a fullback, right? Don't anoint him just yet because – you know, he's doing this or that, but then everything we see football wise tells us, uh, yeah, here's your crown. You're now the leader of the defense. You're actually making this the best unit on the team uh, and the most reliable seemingly going into the season, right? The one we all almost feel the most comfortable about given the fact that we still have unanswered questions along the defensive line and we know what they're, what's there at cornerback. So to me, it's like uh, almost this humbling that's kind of keeping him in his place a little bit. But like you said, he's not afraid to give it back. I did love the line, though, from CD, and I totally agree, right? Um, I was just being cute with it. Like, I'm the only one stopping me from catching that ball. Make no mistake about it. I will catch that every time and and if I want to. So um, just just make sure you've got it sewn up. And by the way, he might be right about Micah needing to get a visor, right? Because that's a cool middle line. You know, that's a cool linebacker type of thing to do especially at AT&T Stadium where we know what type of impact the sun can have on games when you don't expect it, right? That might be a cool little thing for him to invest in because I don't want opposing receivers to see the fear in his eyes. Yeah, we found out today Michael Gallup is sponsored by Oakley. So maybe, I mean, a lot of Cowboys are Trayvon Diggs, Zach Prescott. Maybe they just hook him up. You know what I mean? Like at this point, you know, there's there's something to be done there. Well, there's Uh, a nice clear eye view. Nobody? That's true. Um... We haven't seen him. We haven't seen have we seen one clip of him? He w- he was in the the celebration clip. Uh, okay. I'm not joking. Uh, once once they got to the game, he was in the linebacker room with his. Hood he up. was he was in a linebacker room. Good call, Meg. Um, gotta, I I am Jacques points game. out there there was some like I don't want to say humbling, but there was some coach speak um, happening with Micah. We we saw that was the next clip right after the talk with CD uh, was the meeting room, whatever. And I loved this line. I am Jacques uh, wrote it out here for us. We're trying to play in the NFL, not make the Harrisburg Herald. That is a humbling line. Like that is a true dude. Nobody cares if you're player of the week from the local fast food restaurant on Friday night anymore. Like this is a different game. And that, I know we all kind of like openly speculated after the first episode about Leighton Vanderish's line about like, hey, dude, the scheme, whatever, blah, blah. This jives with that. Like, hey, Micah, there's a proper way to channel this energy. Um, ultimately, this is a good problem to have um, to, to see that and to see CD being willing to check him, to see the coaching staff being willing to check him um, on the opposite side of. I don't want to call it a confrontation like it was a bad thing. But, Tony, uh, we saw this clip float around today on Twitter as well. The tutoring, the tutorial between Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb made everybody's Cowboys hearts flutter. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, you're looking at two, you know, the the rookie, or not the rookie, but, you know, the vet kind of parting wisdom to the young 
you know, up and comer who's going to explode on the scene in the league. And, um, you know, just kind of seeing two guys at, you know, or top of their, their position talking shop. It was really cool to kind of just get the intricacies, intricacies of like what they're going through and how they talk. And, you know, it was just a real cool look that without hard knocks, you wouldn't be able to see something like that. So I thought it was really cool. And you would love to see CD kind of implement that, like that technique he was talking about. Cause you know, if CD does it, it's going to be a problem. Tom, uh, you go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I was going to say, and did you catch that thread they wove through the episode about that? First, you had uh, Coop and CD. Then, when Jaquan Hardy was having some trouble in practice, Ezekiel Elliott comes over and sits down and talks with him. Then, Azur Kamara is having trouble during the game, and there's Demarcus Lawrence sitting down, trying to get him settled down. And that... As a Cowboys fan, that excites me because that shows there's something going on in this team that's good for the future, that that shows the older players trying to make the newer guys better. And I love to see that. Man, Tom, you could um you could review like science fiction novels, like catching the the mega <laughs> themes that like are prevalent through the show. Uh, I am Jacques says I noticed it. Great storytelling. Well, you mentioned you were a fan of Big Little Lies, Tom. Also an HBO property. So uh, Tom has been studying up on his um you know his film and television um, certifications and whatnot. Um, great to see Demarcus Lawrence leading as well. Um, let's see. There was um well let's let's go here. Uh, Roy, we'll go to you with this. Who's your favorite coach so far? And and I don't know how I am Jacques asking this, but I will ask it through the lens of hard knocks. Like what what coach has looked the coolest? Uh, McCarthy had some lines tonight. Joe Philbin popped up a little bit in this episode, dropped mm-hmm. a couple F-bombs. Um, your thoughts? I mean, I think it's probably Skip Pete, but we haven't seen – I guess it's also because it's fresh in my mind, right, the running backs coach. Like I thought he was really good with Hardy and – kind of, you know, razzing him a little bit, giving him a hard time about Chuck Muncie and then, um, you know, making jokes about the Rex pets, but also being like tough with him, right? Being serious with him when he needed to be. He hasn't really gotten a lot of play, though. I mean, I would say overall it's probably Durday uh, for me just because his was so fantastic. Like anything with an accent, you get an extra pat. You know, you get extra points. It's like you can't get to that level with a regular accent. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are all always trying to get here as soon as the episode ends. So I don't know if any everybody saw this, but uh, Bones Fossil did fist bump the camera um, in like the the credits scene. I don't know if everybody saw that, but um, you know something we haven't gotten we we they, we used to get like uh, next week on Hard Knocks. We haven't gotten those teasers this season, which um, has been interesting. Um, Meg, we heard a line from Jerry Jones. I thought we were going to get to see more about the Dan Quinn, Carlos Watkins situation at the beginning of Saturday night's game against Houston, having to leave the stadium. Um, But Jerry Jones said with regards to, um, I guess, vaccinations, that he has had more shots 
than a cocker spaniel. Was that the the line that Jerry said? Um, your thoughts? I think you're right. Um, it, or was it? I mean, he could have been talking about this was. from like a a, 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 a a entertainment standpoint. You know, I mean, it's a game. You know, there's a, there's an open bar. I mean, so you know, it could have been. I, I was thinking shots of Johnny Walker Blues. What I was thinking, I was like, <laughs> that sounds good. Um, that was a you know, people love like I I think Jerry now tries too hard to to like hit the Jerryisms. You know what I mean? Oh, like he we, does. yeah, like at this. Like some of the natural ones are funny. Like this one felt natural. This one didn't feel like him really trying to force something. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, he will often wreck it. Like, um, he'll often like talk about animals. <laughs> and like when I, when he does that, I know that he's like prepared the line. Yeah. That's true. So, like, yes, Cocker Spaniel thing, like, wrote, like I had a red flag go up, but. I think he was talking about Johnny Walker, so I'll I'll let him slide. Uh, Toddster agrees with you. Um, Thank you. So um, you know <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, let's see here, um, Tony. Uh, we do have a comment that says, um, "Let's see, I've lost it for the moment here." Oh, about um, Tiffin, the Tiffin running back, Jaquan Hardy had had a nice episode although the penalty was shown which was not ideal whatever um i think he the the comment from dj doc 31 says i want the tiffin running back on the practice squad i definitely think jaquan hardy is in line to be on the practice squad i mean i agree i mean you look at the way the the running back is going to be the running back room is going to be built you look at you know zeke pollard and you dotto played himself you know i mean on the 53 as well if they could find a way to get him on the practice squad i think that is a realistic possibility and he has some good traits, you know, he's got a lot to learn and it's good to see Zeke take an interest in his success. Right. And um, I think he is somebody that they can build and grow with. And he's going to give the, you know, scout team a good look um, if he does make it to the practice squad. Tom, the elephant in the room that we have not discussed. Um, it was later in the episode near the end to be specific. Ben DiNucci's commentary throughout the game was rough. Um it, it was rough, uh, to be honest. Look, we all enjoy the content that we can produce from Ben DiNucci. Um, I can't trace this back, you know, authentically, but I do believe, Meg, that you and Kelsey on Girls Talking Boys, which everyone can hear on Fridays on the Blog and the Boys podcast network, I do think you guys authored the name The Nooch. Um, so it has caught on quite well and bummed for you guys that, you know, it seems to be not for long. But, um, Tom, you can he, yell it happily or angrily. So that's it's fine. So, um, well, Mike McCarthy, after Garrett Gilbert um, fumbled, um, did have the Garrett. You know what I mean? Like that—that that was a really pent-up Garrett. Like that wasn't a you—you yeah. you turned the, the ball over one time and I'm pissed, Garrett. That was a this is the boiling point for me, Garrett. Um, but we all know that Cooper Rush is taking first team reps at quarterback. That's already kind of been established this week. But Tom, my goodness, Ben DiNucci. The, the first one really got me after the interception. He's on the ground. Like what? Like how? Like, like he's, he's flabbergasted that this ball could have been caught by anybody else, but his own teammate. Yeah. And if there, that was actually to me, the painful part of this whole episode was watching <laughs> the, the, the descent and, and ultimate crash of Ben DiNucci at the end of that, that episode. I mean, yeah, I, have felt like they've been kind of making a bad decision on trying to pour so much into him, especially Mike McCarthy all along. 
But to have it drug out in front of the nationwide audience and preserved for eternity out there now in the, Jeez, the vast servers <laughs> for people to come back and pull up. That's sad to have that as kind of your legacy at the what's likely getting close to the end of his football career. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if they bring him back for the practice squad. There's there's the argument that he's a great scout team quarterback. Okay, maybe, but you know, that's still to see a guy just getting eviscerated on on camera like that is not pleasant and that was the first to me that was the most dramatic thing we've seen so far in hard knocks he reminds me of um for those that have had the great fortune in life to have whataburger um those that don't know or maybe those that have only been once or twice whataburger offers specialty burgers like seasonally um and right now we are in pico de gallo burger season um which is what it sounds like it's a burger that is designed to taste like pico de gallo and um the very first time i had it it was like this is interesting you know what i mean like i i like this you know i'm not opposed to this uh this is a nice twist and this is this is cute and cool uh but i've had it a couple of times since then it's like yeah we're we didn't need this you know what i mean like science could have been devoted to other causes um and and you know glean some some more impressive information to like further the human race um so Meg, um, I actually think a, a demerit against Ben DiNucci in the warm-up process was him trying to quote Baker Mayfield and punt it off as his own line. Baker DiNucci was stealing content, saying like, oh, yeah, I woke up feeling dangerous today. Um, not a great look for the Nooch. First of all, if and he says anything like that, I think it's sarcastic. Second of all, the Pico <laughs> de Gallo slander from you is just abhorrent. <laughs> Okay, but, fine. But I he mean, did. He was like, oh, you ever just like think like, or you ever just know it's your night? I mean, he gassed himself up, you know, like, and then he came crashing down to Tom's point. Yeah, it's, it's as if he didn't learn anything from the week before where he knew that he was starting the game. <laughs> it's like we got the Gucci Danucci's, the, uh, the TikTok viral sensation with the song. And he way underperformed putting it lightly um and to think that you know hyping himself up was going to do anything more than you know nothing up in his was face. A lot. <laughs> yeah i don't uh, recall which coach it was but the one that just gave him the calmest he came off the sidelines you know so oh, heated. It was Doug How was that ball yeah. yeah it was nuts and Nussmeier goes, ball's behind him. Let's talk about the next play. you like, like, just so dismissive, so quickly, just like, yeah, ball's behind him. Yeah, that's that's as clear as day, as clear as anybody could see. Everybody in the entire stadium saw that the ball was behind him. So let's move on to the next issue, right? Uh, let's try to make it better on the next play. And he tried to hype him up a little bit, right? But, yeah, I mean, as Tom said, that was that was the saddest moment of the entire episode. But, you know, we did get a couple of, well – I guess I wouldn't say necessarily positive things from that game either, but we did get a couple other things with Kamara and and the gassing up of Demarcus Lawrence of, of attempting to do so. Right, that was that was a really cool moment, and even though it didn't really seem to work out for Kamara in this game, he couldn't quite find himself, or at least they didn't have the highlights to show us that. Pro zero nine Roy asks if he will make the team. Let's go around the horn. Um, which the graphic of what we're doing actually works well with. Uh, Roy, yes or no? No, he won't, but mm. they need guys that 
are going to get cut, right? So they can showcase that part of the episode in the final moments. So wow, Debbie Downer, Tony, yes or no? He will not make the fifty-three. No. Wow, <laughs> pessimism rages on. Meg, sorry, no. Goodness gracious, Tom. Practice squad. Yeah, he's not making the team. I mean, like, let's be real. You know? <laughs> so, um, but it was a nice moment, Roy, to see him work with Demarcus Lawrence. Do you? I mean. I think that there are people who will say like, oh, all these dudes are just like, they know they're on hard knocks, blah, blah. They're just trying to look cool. Do you buy it as authentic? Yeah, I do buy it as authentic because I, like I have seen it up close, right? And DeMarcus got that from players who came before him. Like you wouldn't know it. And you might not even remember a guy like George Selvey with the Dallas Cowboys. But George yeah, the Selvey Cowboys was the Cowboys in 2014. Let's you know, that, put some respect on right. that name. Well, he's a guy who like – took care of those younger players like Tank when they first came into the league, when they were rookies, and, and put it put them under his wing and showed them the way. Now, George Selvey was never the talent level of Demarcus Lawrence, so you wouldn't really remember that, but it's those types of things that have been passed on from this locker room, and sometimes we give a lot of flack to the Cowboys and the locker room as a whole as being like kind of unruly. That has not been the case for almost a decade now. Like this is now they do have their issues, right? I'm not saying they don't. We know Zeke has had some off, you know, off the field things early on, but where they are right now, I think is as good as, you know, they've been maybe ever. Um, that's a great From point. A character standpoint. Uh, if this was around the horn, you would get a lot of points for that, Roy. So good for you. Thanks, Tony. Uh, uh, <laughs> what? Tony Reality, man. Oh, okay. I, well, I was confused because I was going to Tony next. So you kind of, I, I felt like you jumped into my brain. Um, Tony Catalina, um, what is what is something you're surprised they didn't show this episode? Like, given the theme of everything, it was kind of a familial theme. We saw a lot of families. Uh, was there something that you were kind of, you know, something you felt like just wasn't there, like the last season of Game of Thrones in its entirety? It's, it's probably giving me some trouble for saying this, but like, I mean, we're up three episodes in and we really haven't seen Jalen Smith at all. That's I mean, the man is, he's a member of the team. Yeah, we, know, but just, we said that after the first episode and it was a right, little right. fair, but it was super early. But you're right. Like, we haven't seen it at all. At all. Three episodes in, he's in a couple of celebrations. He's doing a couple of handshakes. He's in the team, you know, the linebacker room huddle in the in the in the, in the classroom. But. Man, the kid, he hasn't been involved at all. So, that, I mean, I am i think that's a little bit curious. I'm like, why, why doesn't he have some type of role? But that's what I just haven't seen at all. Mm, interesting. I mean, I did say that episode one. I was like, he's either going to find a way to make it onto this screen or he saw how much hate he has and he's hiding. Do you really think it's the latter? Do you, like, do you, I, think I mean, he's hiding. Do you really think that? <laughs> I really think that. Well, Tom, have, do you buy that? I have to wonder if the team has any input as to whether well, some they, people are they, not covered. They absolutely do vet this and go through it, and so there there is some influence to that point, Tom. So, so maybe you're, maybe they're the ones hiding him. That's exactly what's going through my head. They don't want him to be a distraction this year, and if he becomes a focal point of hard knocks, he could easily become a distraction. So I'm not too sure that's not coming from inside the star that we're not seeing a lot of Jalen. Yeah, uh, but no, but no one really becomes a focal point of hard knocks, right? Like that's kind of the thing of hard knocks. <laughs> like if anything, the only characters that have been 
focused on for more than one episode at a time is maybe a maybe a little bit of Dak, right? Micah. And 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 then Kamara and Micah. And, yeah. Right? And, well, and those are all reasonable guys to not have Jalen featured at all, right? Especially when he's a player that is no matter how bad it looks, he's going to be on this team. And he's a well-known player. In addition to that, it is surprising to me, and I think Meg's point is accurate. Like, I think and, – and Tom may be right in that as well, but the team is kind of like, all right, let's not have it out there. But I think Jalen himself, based on his own social media presence being significantly less than it had been in previous years, like, I think he feels that heat, and he probably understands it's best right now to let his play do the talking. You know, unfortunately, in the preseason, it hasn't done that. Mm. It's not uh, been talking very good. I don't so like the words that it's saying. We um, we have some answers from some people, our loyal viewers. Um, I am Jacques notes. Now, um, he did not say this, but I will add this. We've seen Terrell Basham rap. We saw in the post credit scene tonight, Lyle Collins rap. I am Jacques notes. If I don't get some boss man fat, I'm going to write a very strongly worded letter to HBO. Jonathan Jackson sort the letter, by the way. Uh, but yeah, with Tyron was the subject of a rap. That's what I'm saying. Like, so we've seen multiple people rapping, but not Kelvin Joseph. That is a, a bit of a surprise too, man. Jock, I think we do this now. I think we at them tonight. A tweet <laughs> storm will take over and we will get boss man fat. Um, I don't have the ability to share this tweet on our stream live, but I do want to share it right now. Um, I had tweeted during the episode how awesome it was to see Isaac Galarcon getting some love. Tom, you noted that at the beginning of the stream. Um, and uh, Zeke's mom, a.k.a. Mama Zeke, responded. And nobody has said this this way yet, and I think this is really clever. She said, I want to get him some cake. Nobody has said that. Like, like that's a yes. He's still cakeless. You know what I mean? Like, and there's man some cake. Yeah. What's uh, Tom? What's your favorite kind of cake? Uh, I like red velvet cake. Uh, What a what a basic. Mm. Basic. Uh, Yeah, it's super. It's it's common though. Like, it's a common answer, Tom. I thought you. I was expecting like you know like a key lime pie or something from Tom. You know. You said cake. Cake. (laughs) A pie. I've never had key lime pie, if I'm being honest with you guys. Oh, but, uh, oh, 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 RJ. Oh, oh. Meg, uh, it's your birthday. What's the best birthday cake? Pecan pie. That's a good answer. That's a really good answer. Um, Brian Bradford's uh, Tony says, no Jabril Cox or Keanu Neal. We haven't seen them so far in Hard Knocks. I mean, you could see even like, but even early on, like Jabril Cox, when like Jalen Smith, like I remember seeing a video on Twitter and it was like, Jalen Smith and them are practicing the handshakes and Jabril Cox is kind of like, I'm, I'm not involved in this. Like maybe he's just not the, you know, he's not the type to really get involved in Keanu Neal. I'm a little interested because, you know, he's a veteran. He's made a big impact on the team. It's just like nothing, you know, there's a few people that they can touch in on these last few episodes. Or whatever. Um, I actually think this is a really interesting comment uh, from I bleed blue 365 on uh boss man fat. Maybe there are copyright issues. He is a professional rapper. I hadn't thought about this before. Needs clearance. Mm. Okay, that's probably, yeah, I suppose that's true. Does he have a deal? I mean, right. I, I don't know. I'm not in the music industry. I don't know how this well, works. I think, I would think like, go back. I thought he was just on SoundCloud. Am I wrong? I think yeah, he's on like, Spotify. Like, I don't know what that if that qualifies you for anything. 
I would still so. think he would want the free plug, right? I mean, that's a right. free like just as Jerry realized finally in episode three that he could have a drone fly through a Ford outside of the Ford Center, right? Just as he should have realized that he could have had a case of you know a particular alcoholic beverage, right, or a a stack of a particular water beverage then, you know, like, finally, these guys are starting to get it. You would think they're starting to get it. I was surprised we didn't get the rookie show. And I guess we're not going to get a rookie show because I, I thought maybe they held it off because at Oxnard, as you can see, there isn't a lot of places, right? The the time you're saying, Meg? What do you, no, what do you I'm mean? I'm just saying they need they are not running out of time to show us the rookie show. Yeah, Only two like, more episodes left, by the way. I don't think we're going to get it because, I, again, I thought it would happen when they would come back to, to the star because you can see that big theater. It's the perfect kind of setting to be able to do it, and they don't have that same type of space in Oxnard. But, yeah, I don't think we're going to get it at this point. Um, Todd Stewart notes, we haven't seen much on the tight ends. That's a big story. Like, who's going to be the starting tight end? We haven't even had a clip of Blake Jarwin, who had a big catch in the, the game against Houston or Dalton Schultz. I know he um, obviously had the, the sprain, you know, recently, but still like, how have we not seen a, and we also had a comment here, uh, Tom, I'll throw this to you on the tight ends. And um, I'm looking for the comment here and it's, um, Oh, here we go. Jeremy says, I'm surprised we haven't seen more of Gallup. Like we barely saw the flip in Oxnard. You know what I mean? Those yeah. players have been really absent. Yeah. I, I, I think Meg actually hit on this with her thing about time. They only have, you know, they only got five hours of, of television to show us. And I think there's, there's just stuff that's going to get left out. Uh, I do think sometimes they may be spending more time on fluff that I would love to see get into more pertinent things. But, you know, I'm kind of a hardcore Cowboys junkie and I want to see the X's and O's stuff. And they're trying to entertain people. So I'm just wondering how much stuff is buried in the, the hours of video that they've recorded for all this stuff that we would have loved to have seen, but we'll never see the light of day. Meg, we have not gotten the Randy Gregory expose either, although Todd Archer wrote about this recently at ESPN. Um, everybody should go read that. Uh, but DJ Dog notes, we have not seen Bradley and I. His story is also really, you know, captivating and powerful. I mean, so... There, let's just, you know, there's, you can't, you know, you can't show everything, I guess, to Tom's point. What a disappointing way to just kind of accept that things are. This is just how I feel in general whilst watching reality television shows, um, i.e. like The Real Hustles of Dallas. I could have edited that show better than it was. Give me the editing rights to HBO Hard Knocks and I want to show everyone all the things that we're asking for. Uh, well, we're going to be able to ask the host of or the producer of that program, right? The director, RJ? yeah, Shannon Furman will join us, I believe, after the finale. Uh, so um, she uh, she is in charge of, of designing ready. and executing everything. Roy with the master tease. Roy, uh, great comment from David here. It says we haven't seen interactions between Fossil, Zerline, and McQuaid. I don't know that Jake McQuaid's name has been said once throughout all of camp throughout all of hard knocks he is replacing a legend you know what i mean like and and nobody i don't i don't think could could i i could but can anybody here name what jersey number he is like he is in he's nowhere to be found 
No, I I couldn't tell. I you. wasn't trying to. That wasn't like a like an eight year old Arjun like I can name it like type of brag. By the way, that was just, <laughs> so Actually, like. But like, <laughs> can you? Pretty close to that though. Uh, but can I bet you, you Tom can? Tom can do it. Tom has studied all of this. Oh shit. no, you don't. Oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> you have to see this. Don't put him on this spot like that. Do you, have, do you have any idea how much time writing I have? The it's, cowboy roster open so I can look at all the stuff. Uh, yeah. I feel like we're playing Candyland or something, and I like rigged the deck uh, to win. That was that was not my finest moment. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, like, look, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm not super surprised, right? Because Zerline's kind of been out this whole time, so I wouldn't have expected a whole lot of interactions between them. Um, but you know, obviously, that is something that you could have a conversation about, right? The exchange and the relationship, and how important it is between the snapper and the holder right and that familiarity right of of spinning the ball just right so when i catch it my hands are already on the laces right there is something to that and so uh it's, and and for punters as well right trying to get used to that stuff so that is an aspect that they could highlight but as you all have astutely pointed out there's only so much time and yeah that's why i guess i still feel like i would love to see these things go into the season follow it throughout not just um, in so something i'm surprised since nobody asked um that we haven't seen ha- and i well maybe answer my own question is the cowboys have every team in the nfl has made 10 roster cuts to get down from 90 to 80 players however last week the cowboys initially placed two players on injured reserve so they didn't lose them then they nice. waived then they waived injured anthony hines so they didn't lose him either so they only lost two players in totality last week this week because of the four players that are on the covid list they didn't have to move on from five players and they only moved on from Lareem harula hula um who uh, no big deal congratulations to me totally nailing that um but um, Did it again. yeah who had only been on the team the for a week so, like, they have truly only said goodbye to three players, one of whom has only been on the team for a week. So there really haven't been, like, there hasn't been an emotional, you know, goodbye type sort of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I noticed that, that they haven't talked about the people who are gone at all. And they kind of talked about the cuts briefly and then never came back to it. And I guess it's because, like you said, there there just haven't been any you know it, it's it's just been the most fringe of fringes uh you know maybe when the big cut down comes we'll get just flooded with a lot of that stuff but yeah it's it's just like when's that story going to show up it's it, isn't that always a traditionally a big part of hard knocks so we are in a, a different space because every team in the nfl only is playing three preseason games but the cowboys are obviously playing four because of the Pro Football Hall of Fame game. We also have the bye after this week's worth of preseason games before the regular season starts. However, there is an episode of Hard Knocks as a result of the bye. So we will get a new episode next week, which is the day that every team has to get down to 53 players. But I don't know if they're going to – they normally do include those like on the final episode because they have to. But I kind of feel like, Meg, next week, like a week from now, we're going to be talking about all the footage they show from the Jacksonville game even though hours before the episode airs, the Cowboys are going to have cut down their roster and then we might get all of those conversations a full week later. Does that make sense to you and your reality TV scripting method? Yeah, they seem to be showing um, at least the beginning of the episode to like just draw it in, but they seem to be showing like prior weeks or like drawing in. Yeah, they're like a week behind, like like real life. Yeah. 
So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Um, I, I feel like that goes kind of against the normal hard, hard knocks or maybe we're just more um, focused on it because we follow the team. But yeah, oh, we'll see. I don't know. Oh, this is a great question from Yuma. Uh-oh. Cuts. Oh, I'm back. Everybody okay? I'm back. That was yes. terrifying. Yeah. That was terrifying. <laughs> uh, Bill says, I'm really interested to see how Dallas handles the... If Mike McCarthy talks to all of them, who is present when Mike McCarthy talks, etc. This yeah. is This is different for every team. Uh, last year, we saw Sean McVay handle it, obviously, for the Rams, um, and Vance Joseph handle it for the Chargers. Tony, do you think it will be Mike McCarthy? Or do you – I mean, we know that he will cut Ben DiNucci. Um, it will be an intimate moment. Uh, but, I mean, do you I, – I mean, intimate, like, hey, it's emotional. You know what I mean? Like, these these guys have been through war together. Um, but from Pittsburgh. Why is, is – I don't think DiNucci is from Pittsburgh. He's from, like – that area, yeah. that neck of the yeah. woods. I mean, it's all yeah, the same. I mean, if you're from uh, Dallas, so it's like being from uh, Dallas, Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Tony, who else could be in the room uh, when Mike McCarthy's cutting people? Man, uh, you know, you think Mike McCarthy, you know, just based on the personality and the coach he is, he's going to have that moment. You know, he's going to have that brief kind of, you know, that same you know, type of how they wrap up hard knocks. Like, this is what you got to do. I appreciate your heart. Like, you're working hard. And some, you know, some I'll put in a good word for you whenever I can. Right. right totally. Not enough yeah. mojo I'll, moments, yeah. I guess. Writing your red yeah, yeah. letter. Dude, we have yeah. not seen that again, by the way. Like, I would have thought that that was going to be a thing forever. But whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean. We're like, going to make it a thing. But. <laughs> I mean, you're right on there. I think Mike McCarthy. I think we're going to get the classic. Turk type feel like bring your playbook coach wants to see you. You're going to see that ominous mm. walk down the hall. And, but I think Mike McCarthy, who he is as a coach, he's going to give everybody that little personal touch. Like you said, Ben DiNucci might get a few more minutes than everybody else, but you know, at the end of the day, I think I'm interested to see that. I mean, I don't like to see that kind of stuff, but I'm always fascinated to kind of see how each coach and each kind of organization handles those type of things. Roy, do you think Jerry will be part of any cuts? No, no, Jerry won't. I mean, I guess. Or, or, or Will McClay? Who's more likely to be in the room with Mike McCarthy? Will McClay, I think, is more likely to be in there. Uh, there is a possibility that I suppose he could be in there helping with that conversation. But, you know, for the most part, that's usually something I would I, I would leave to the head coach for the most part. And and I think Mike McCarthy is well suited to do that. I, I, I believe he did that in Green Bay, but I, I guess I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but I would think he would be suitable for it. And if not him, then maybe like the positional coaches that would have a conversation with them because those all mm. seem to be very close knit and have a, a good working communicative relationship. So perhaps that's the way they go, but my bets on McCarthy. Um, I have one more for each of you. You're all going to have to answer this and we're going to go counterclockwise starting with Tom. Well, who do you uh, think is going to be in there? Do you think oh, anybody else will be in there? Oh, boy. Thank you so much. Yes. I just I did means, it. means a lot to me. Um, I think the positional coaches is a good call. I could kind of see. I mean, because Mike McCarthy has spoken a lot about the leadership council, which is something the Cowboys have had going on forever because Jason Garrett loves him some leaders. Um, but I could see like like a Demarcus Lawrence being in there, you know, or maybe not being in the room, but being like, wait, like waiting outside the room. You know what I mean? For the bro hug. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, come in, come on in, you know, don't worry. You know, there's a lot of opportunities in the NFL type thing. Like, 
you know, the, oh, the man, soft. I'm, it. I, I'm loving your like, I'm actually thinking more like a, a fraternity, like initiation yeah. where they're standing with the robes and they're like, I'm sorry, <laughs> you are not worthy. Yeah, I think it's I think it's, like, Friday Night Lights is back on Netflix, so my brain is back in that space. Like I could see him kind of being like a Smash Williams outside, you know what I mean? Like, hey man, I got you. Don't worry, you know what I mean? Like we're gonna go on to win the Super Bowl, but like you know, we'll meet again down the road, uh, sort of thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, so my last question for everybody, um, and we're going counterclockwise, starting with Tom because he loves to go first. Um, Tom, what is one thing you have to see in next week's episode, or you will throw a fit? Oh gosh, I, I don't know what it is that would make me throw a fit. I just, I just want to see something more. No, uh, like a, a story, a player. I mean, what's it? You could have, you could even say a win in the preseason. You know what I mean? I'm giving you some, some free material here to work with. Yeah, I just, you know, I just, I love it when you come up with something that I haven't even given the least minutes <laughs> thought of, and throw it at me here in front of the live internet audience. Uh, you know, uh, I would like to really, I would like to really see some more going on with Kellen Moore. He's been kind of a faceless guy during all this, and I want to see them get him in there because I think he's got so much to do with the success of this team because he's got all of these weapons. He's going to get Dak back. I would like to see them focus in on him the way they focused in on some of the other assistants. Okay, Meg, beat that. I dare you. Um, tight ends, please. Can um, we? Can Meg, we please? Meg, going back to what we talked about, wise veteran move right there. Respect. A girl loves her tight ends. What can you say? <laughs> I was not going to say that. You stop that, Roy. Um, well, Roy okay. was going to say it. So. Uh, I bleed blue. 365 says more an eye. Um, so maybe that's that. Tony, what do you want to see more of? Or you will throw a fit. I want to see Boss Man Fat rap. Okay, like I want to see his streaming numbers go up. I want to see his <laughs> album sales go. And this is his opportunity, and I hope Hard Knocks does not drop the ball for him because he could blow up in two different professions in the same year. Who's you most likely – shot, one opportunity. Meg, who, who is most likely, Meg, um, on the team to beatbox for him while he while he's rapping? To beatbox? Oh, yeah. you know Zeke's gonna, just going to slide in there. Oh, like, yeah. Zeke's going to be like <laughs> – whether like, totally, it's right. good or not. <laughs> okay, Roy, what do you want to see? I mean, if I guess if there's anything I would like to see, there's usually some kind of – and we got a little bit of Alec on, so for him, you know, I suppose I'm separating him here because I don't really necessarily consider him a part of the offensive line group just yet. But we haven't seen anything from any of the offensive linemen. And typically, again, like – the banter that those types of guys have, and we've gotten a lot of good banter, so I'm not complaining about that, but the banter that those types of guys have and the relationship they have, right? The trust yeah. they have to have in one another and the reliance they have to have on in one another to do the right job and do their job to watch their back, right? And we know how close Tyron and Zach are, so I'm surprised there hasn't been some like aspect of that, not to mention the storylines that exist there as well, right? Between the the snap issues with Connor Williams, the McGovern thing that's just kind of come up here in the last week that, you know, maybe he might potentially be moved if they can find something for him because he wants a starting role in the NFL. So there's a lot there, I think. There's a lot of meat on them bones, you know? 
that they could div- dig into if they uh, so chose to. And I would like to see them do that. Mm. Okay. Um, what about Roy had you? the best. What about uh, yeah? yeah what about you, Roy? Hit him with it. Hit him with the left. Hit him with the right. I have three answers. Um, so uh, three. I had a lot of time to think about this. Uh, first yeah. of all, I want to see Al Harris. You know what I mean? And I want to see like an Al Harris, Mike McCarthy conversation. And then you can almost kind of see the hard knocks of it all, like like a flashback to them on the sidelines in Green Bay, like talking, you know what I mean? And and sort of like this is where and then like maybe maybe kind of the exact mannerism Mike McCarthy's doing in that shot. Then we see like Al doing it like, you know, present day, like so it's the like the student has become the teacher sort of thing. Like I really, really would like to see that. Um, I want to see Osa Adigizua. We've seen so much of Micah Parsons, but Osa has been I would say equally impressive as a rookie within the context of his expectation. Um, and so he has shined and there's a huge opportunity there with Neville Gallimore out. And so I really, really, really want to see him. Um, I also, I was extremely opposed to the single digits uh, among skill position players. I'm still not a fan of it, but Cedric Wilson, the shot of him catching the touchdown in the end zone was clean, like just super, oh. like he's the only person that I like the single digit on. I want to get to know Cedric Wilson. I, I, I mean, I feel like he never is involved in anything. We know so much about the top three wide receivers. We got to see a little bit of CeeDee Lamb. I would love to see some Cedric Wilson, some Noah Brown. Like, just give us a, a moment between those two guys. That's all I'm asking. This isn't that hard of an exercise, guys. You guys make it a big deal for no reason. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, okay, now I have one last question for real. Uh, we're going to go backwards order. Uh, so, Roy, starting with you, Eric brings this up. Does anyone remember a month ago the talk of Hard Knocks coming to town was supposed to be a distraction, and now we all love it? Um, with 10 being the biggest possible distraction ever, uh, with 10 being Joseph Randall stealing underwear and one being the New England Patriots, <clears throat> what level distraction has Hard Knocks been in your mind? Maybe a two. Mm. Maybe a two. And that's really – I mean, I guess it's all based on kind of the leadership in place at the time, right? And the leadership of this thing on the offense, it's Dak and Zeke, and everybody follows their lead, right? If you're not a skill position player, then you're following Zach or Tyron, right? And on the defensive side, it's it's Tank, and really, I guess it's just kind of Tank at this point. And, and Micah. It might be Micah, least, yeah. Yeah, in and of himself, right, has already ascended to that level, and he's exactly the type of guy you want to follow, right? If anything, perhaps he's overeager, but his enthusiasm is contagious. So from that standpoint, um, it's it's exactly what you kind of want to see. And, and, you know, for what Hard Knocks is doing there, right, is there any waves being made? Like, no, there's absolutely nothing. Tony, one to ten. To be different, I'm going to say three point five. And the reason mm. I say that is, if it wasn't for you know Dak's ankle, Dak's shoulder, them trying to possibly hide reps from the media, from you know Tampa Bay playing a little you know gamesmanship here, there really isn't much. I mean, this is you know a Cowboys team that isn't that doesn't have a million off season stories going on. I think they just you know outside of COVID and the, and the things that we're all kind of going through, we're kind of just going through the same thing. So it's, you know, it's not boring at all. I'm, you know, I think it's hard knocks been good, but it's been quiet. That was a really pleasant answer. That was a really nice job, Tony. You you're back in the running for MVP tonight. Uh, the birthday girl, one to 10. Um, I'm going to give it a three just simply because honestly we get 
so much media as it is, does is this really affecting anything? It's honestly giving us a more positive like look, if mm, anything. Great point. You win MVP. Great job. Keep going. But no, but elaborate on that because that's well, an important point. I mean, okay, so if you think about it, like who are the guys that get the most um, you know, crap in the media from people? It's like Ezekiel Elliott. Oh my goodness. Like just constant berating of this man. And he's just like the goofy guy that everybody loves. Like you're giving kind of a face to, or, or like a good face to like what people like love to hate. So I think they're putting their best face forward and I think they're looking good in it. Um, you know, other than, you know, the score on the preseason games, but that has nothing to do with hard knocks and everything to do with, you know, preseason. So I think we're looking good. That was good. well said. That was well said. Well analyzed. Uh, Tom, we have two, 3.5, and three out of 10. Where are you at? I'm low. I'm, I'm like 1.5. And I think it's because the Cowboys just haven't given them any drama to work with. Uh, as as Tony said, it's been a, such a quiet year. The only thing we've really got going are the questions about, oh, is Dak going to be ready for the first game? Well, yeah, he's going to be ready for the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What else has there been? We haven't had the off-field issues. We don't have any signs of real tension building between the staff and the players or the players and the players, the v- various coaches on the staff. It's just all been strangely and bizarrely smooth for the Dallas Cowboys. It's been the no drama offseason all year long. And I, for one, love it that we're we're able to write about football and not all this extraneous stuff that goes on. Yeah, I think this has not been a real distraction because the Cowboys have done a phenomenal job of not creating the distraction through hard knocks. Look at that. You guys all had great answers. Seriously, I mean, RJ, like, are you going to jump in, or are you going to price yeah. is right? Either what do Tom you think, or RJ? Tony. Yeah, um, RJ, your turn. I, you guys have gotten so great at this. I mean, like it warms <laughs> my heart. Uh, nice. Makes me feel so special and loved. Um, well, nobody said a one, so I I will say one because two reasons why the biggest like controversy to evolve from three episodes has been Jerry Jones's salt usage. That's it. Like that's, that's (laughs) seriously, like that's been the thing, like the biggest, you know, and it's like funny, uh, Meg, you brought up Zeke. I I know we talked about Jalen. Um, yeah, I I mean, I don't want to take any credit away from the Cowboys Tom, because you're right. Like they've done such a great job of kind of keeping their head in the sand this off season, like as a whole collective team, you know, coaching staff, players, front office, et cetera. But this, these, three episodes have done a lot for Zeke's I think national reputation like your average football fan because he's funny Tony you mentioned it like he's a kid in a candy store like I think his image has been softened for people I do feel for Jalen because it I I I, I said I don't want to take credit away from the Cowboys because I think that a lot of credit belongs to NFL films I think the way that they've done this the way they've portrayed these people has really been so wonderful and they are obviously the goats at this particular process and so I think they could have you know, even Jalen made him appear likable and enjoyable in a certain way through a certain lens, no pun intended. Um, I disagree with that. I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic. It's been a really happy episode. So, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, st- you know, I stay. Know, but just like the Jalen thing, like, I don't think you can make, you can't 
give him too much attention right now and give him too much hype and go into this season and be like, yeah, he's going to do well. You don't know that. All I will say to that. I know that Zeke's going to do decent, at least. To that point. What did we start this episode talking about? We, we started by playing. For anyone who joined late, go back and watch the very beginning. We opened up with the drone shot. We started about, yeah, we started okay. drones. So think about that, though. The Cowboys, like, multi-billion dollar practice campus facility. The general takeaway from a national perspective was, wow, this is amazing. Like, it was literally a braggadocious, narcissistic, pompous, arrogant tour of their you know palace made of gold and diamonds but everybody was like wow this is amazing because of the way nfl films did it so i think i think anything's possible in that honestly if you want to do if you want to compare like the zeke edit to that the um the comparable thing would be if you tried to do jalen it would be the um exit credits where the drone tried to go through that silver statue and just fell on the ground, that would probably be what would mm. happen if they did a Jalen thing. So let's, you know, count our blessings. It's your birthday. You make the rules. Um, I was trying to be, you know, really nice and really positive. Uh, we we'll want to know how tired. We love that about you. Um, let's see I here. I want to know how many times that jogger had to reset himself and like Dude. start oh running God. again. Like, oh God, God, they crashed it again. Like, I we were almost done. It's a one shot thing. Just get it right. Okay, okay, I'll start running I again. Hope right? You ran like at least like a 5k or something. The jogger or the yoga class? Like, imagine how long they were doing. You know, yeah. whatever pose that I mean, was. They could just go through a yoga class and it would still look cool no matter what pose they were in. Nah, it wouldn't have been. Was that crowning baby pose or was that? (laughs) Um, I also think like the people walking in the hallways. I mean, I've seen some TikToks with people doing this. I'm telling you, there's a lot of walkie talkie action happening here. The gym guys. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I was concerned for their safety, but they made it through. The dirty clothes um, thrown in the locker room. Tom, if you had to trust one of the people here right now to fly that drone that same path, who would it be and why? Yeah, I'd give it to Meg. I want her no, to do it. Not me. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why I want to see the fun. <laughs> I want to see the chaos. Uh Yuma says, nice job, BTB crew. Enjoy the discussion. Todd Thank says if, if we add any folks soon, we'll have a Brady Bunch flashback. Roy, if you had to be one of the Brady Bunch members, who would it be and why? Is Billy a Brady Bunch boy? Wrong. Greg, is that a Brady Peter, boy? and Bobby? Is that the third Bobby, one? Bobby, there you go. Bobby. I mean, Bobby probably kind of sucked, but um, I guess I would say... You've uh, got some real strong Greg Brady energy, I think. Yeah, mind. maybe that is the way to go. You know, for a second, I thought, would Alice be a good move because you get to, like, enjoy all the perks? But no, Alice would be a terrible move. You're having to, like, serve these people the entire mm-hmm. time. The big um, household. And, Imagine making pork chops for eleven people, you know, or eight like, people. Sorry. Yeah, oh God, she's cooking the entire show. Every episode, she's just in the kitchen cooking nonstop. There's not enough food to feed all these people. Tony, Hard Knocks or Brady Bunch? Better program. Oof, I'm a little. It's a little before my time. All I know is Marsha Brady got hit in the face with a football. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's, that's a good throwback. That's a good throwback. <laughs> It was not a great throwback. It was a great throw forward, to be clear. But um, uh, Meg, you are the birthday girl, so close us out. Whatever you want. This is your stage. We're literally ending the broadcast. Everybody else is muted now. This is your floor. Do with it what you want. Um, let's see. 
Derek X should not be getting cut <laughs> <laughs> from Big Brother this early. It's a travesty. However, um, I must say Dallas forever and Philly for never. For never. Peace. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.